people have asked us recently, given that Joe Rogan just endorsed Bernie Sanders, who we will be endorsing in the 2020 presidential election. The answer is easy. We will once again be endorsing the one, the only, Andy Basciago. Yes, now we don't know whether Andy Basciago is running for president in 2020, but that won't stop us from endorsing him as our preferred presidential candidate. After all, Andy Basciago is the only presidential candidate who has been to Mars. Andy Basciago is the only presidential candidate who has travelled in time. And Andy Basciago is the only presidential candidate who has a concrete policy platform as to how to deal with the upcoming revelation about the existence of alien life forms. So when you come to cast your vote in any election that might occur this year, we say you should cast a write-in vote for Andy Basciago. Maybe you're voting for who's going to govern Aotearoa New Zealand. Maybe you're going to be voting in local elections to decide, say, who's going to be in charge of the plumbing. Maybe you'll just be voting in a member in your local body corporate. But whatever the case, vote Andy Bishago. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello, you're listening to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Edison, getting good and tanked as usual as Dr. M. Irx Dentith. It's the end of January, uh, which means it is time for our first Conspiracy News Roundup of the year. And what a large amount of news we have for you as well. But first, a comment on our perfectly normal episode last mm. week. It was a perfectly normal episode of the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, wasn't it, Joshua? It certainly was. Often and for, for significant anniversaries, we've done something a little bit more conceptual. Conceptual. But not, but not, not last week. This last time, week all was we did perfectly normal. was we talk just... about a perfectly real thing that exists and is legitimate. Yes, a perfectly normal true crime podcast broadcast by the BBC, which was perfectly normal and not the perfect kind of fodder for us to cover in this factuality-based podcast. Precisely. Um, I hope you've all gone and listened to The Whisper in Darkness, actually. Yes. it's... Good, 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 good listen. And um, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on it, you should subscribe to our Patreon or Podbean patron system to get the background on that perfectly normal episode from last week. Perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. As normal as the news episode that we're about to do right now. Even more, more normal. normal. Yeah. More normal than the news episode. This news episode is unusual. Last week was perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. Shall we move on to the news? I think we'd better. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. So, the news. The news. Well, I mean, obviously, the Trump impeachment is going on as we speak, probably. Don't know if there's a hell of a lot to say about now. There's been a few, a few conspiratorial developments, I now, suppose. I want to jump back in time just over a week, because you actually put the notes up for this before we recorded last week's perfectly normal episode. And it started off with Trump impeachment, it's happening, but there doesn't seem to be anything worth saying. This week has been interesting for what has gone in and out of that little note segment in the notes for the podcast's guide mm. to the conspiracy. Because there are things worth saying, it's just it's not entirely clear they're things which are worth paying attention to, given the Republican majority in the Senate. Mm. But there are things which are worth noting. Uh, the first of which is the John Bolton bombshell, which continues to reverberate 
as bombs do yes. in Washington. Yes, I've heard people say, should have just given him his war, wanted a war in Iraq, you should have given it to him, instead you kicked him out, and now he's, if, if only they'd and they, thrown not, the not, US Not only did they kick him out, they then angered Iran after mm. they got rid of Bolton, because so Bolton would have fun. taken mm. a war in Iran in lieu of a war in Iraq. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks they're the same country, just one of them is misspelt mm. by foreign policy analysts. Yeah, so, what, so his book hasn't been released, has it? It's just been... Like So excerpts have excerpts. been released, all the full text, it's not entirely clear, to the New York Times. And the excerpts very strongly suggest, by directly stating, that President Trump knew about the withholding of aid to the Ukraine and it was a policy decision designed to get dirt on a political candidate. The reason why the book is not released is that Bolton and his lawyers even though they don't feel that anything in the book should be classified as top secret, still gave it to White House counsel and whatever the committee is that does the checking to make sure that texts released by former diplomats, etc., etc., are above board and don't contain government secrets, gave it to that particular committee, and the White House is going, no, there is top secret stuff, you can't release this now which does look like trying to bolt the door after the hen to escape the hen house. That is how that metaphor goes, yes. I feel um, there's a fox involved as uh, well. Probably is, he was watching. Um, yeah, so there's sort of the Bolton, so, and then of course, then it's, so do we need to call John Bolton as a witness? And there's the whole, do we call witnesses or not? And uh, do, do the Republicans have enough votes to stop them from calling witnesses? And which so on, is so all so. an open question at time of recording, even though given that the next day of the impeachment is about to start in the US at the time we are recording now, it is possible it's going to turn out that by the time this comes out, everything we're saying will be moot. Well, exactly. So we should probably, we could, we, we could mention that there's been the recording of Donald Trump saying they need to take, take her out. Uh, what's the name? That was uh, Marie Yovanovitch. Yes, it? The, the ambassador, ambassador to, to Ukraine. The Ukraine. Uh, take her out, which appeared to mean get her fired from her position, not actually have her murdered hitman Except styles. That but as um, people have pointed out, he wasn't talking to, say, Department of Justice officials. He was talking to Rudy's mates, like Lev Parnas. And so there's a question of, if you say take her out to a government official, then sure, the implication is get rid of her, demote her, repost her somewhere else. When you're at a dinner with people who have no political power, but have connections back in the Ukraine business-wise and maybe mafioso-wise, saying take her out does take on a slightly mm. different tinge. Tinge? Taint. Both. Both. Mm. And so, yes, there is an open question, was Trump actually ordering an assassination? Now, probably not, but at the same time, the context is important, wasn't actually talking with government officials when he made this claim. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, and, and the impeachment process is uh, hauling up the whole um, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Bursina scandal Yes, thing. you'd almost think they're actually doing an impeachment trial of the former vice president. Mm. But, yes, but, but at any rate, uh, it's go ongoing, um, rapidly changing, so that's probably all we should say about it mm. now, and uh, maybe there'll be more in the weeks to come. Now, uh, moving to local news, something which... 
started seeming like a big God deal damn here, Watergate. but then uh, also appears to have fizzled out, kind of, was the um, break-in of the National Party headquarters a couple of a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, well... A week and a half, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, it actually feels like it was a long it time does, ago, but yeah. so much news has occurred mm. in the interim that's made time stretch out. So yes, the National Party headquarters in Greenland, in which Auckland. I went past... On a bus, I drive past most days. Just the other day, which we'll come back to, due to certain people claiming that no one knows where this location is, mm. was broken into about a week and a half ago, and the only thing stolen were three laptops that belonged to staffers. I don't think any MPs lost their laptops; they were staffer no, I think it was laptops. Just staff, yeah. And the leader of the National Party in Aotearoa, New Zealand, Simon Bridges. When Now, we're not saying it's clearly a politically motivated burglary, but we do find it suspicious given we're in an election year. Yes, we are. Indeed, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern just announced yesterday, I think it was, the date of the election, which will be September the 19th. Which I believe is Suffragette Day in And this also country. International Talk Like a Pirate Day, so we'll see which one... Dar, I can't wait to cover that election. Yes. It'll be fantastic. Josh, have you seen me mizzenmarst? Uh, no, I have not. Good. Is, Good. Is, is that because it's mizzen? Is it? What have you done with me mizzenmast? The mizzenmast. I told is... you not to. I told you not to touch it. The mizzenmast is the aftmost boat, a mast of a boat with more than three masts. <laughs> the aftmost anyway, boat. Aftmost mast. Oh, you're so nautical. I'm, we should I, get you a captain's I'm hat. I'm literally a boat. Um, so yes, at any rate. There was yeah there was there were a lot of dark suggestions that you know I find it, it's suspicious that this happened in an election year but um, the more has come out about it the the less it sounds like a politically motivated job and the more it sounds like a common common burglary yes because the business beside the National Party headquarters was robbed in exactly the same way several weeks ago and what did they take. The laptops. Mm. Now, people, had, it's one of the things they'd said was, you know, it's, it's particularly suspicious that they only took the laptops, not other valuable things that happened to be in the office. There are apparently some very valuable bottles of wine, for instance, that weren't taken. But I think, from what, I, for, from what I've heard of uh, the, the details of burglars, and so laptops are pretty much one of the number one things. They're portable, they're, 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 they're good value for money, basically. They're expensive and yet small enough to carry away, unlike a bottle of wine, which is probably harder to get rid of and a bit more... Yeah, there's virtually carry. no resale value for wine on the black market. And that assumes so, you actually yeah. know an expensive bottle of yeah. wine from a cheap... So a cheap bottle of wine is worth the same as an expensive bottle of wine if you're simply flogging off stuff you've taken from an office or a house. Whilst laptops are actually valuable. So it's quite common for people to leave the wine behind. And as mm. you point out, unless you've got one of those apps that goes, oh, oh, that's a really, you'll go, yeah, that's just wine. Mm. It's just wine. Now, it's possible these particular laptops, I think, were fairly heavily encrypted since they did have... Although they were meant to have been locked away and they hadn't mm. been. So but, one might suspect that maybe the passwords might be a little easy mm. to guess. But yes, and another claim was that um, it seemed a little bit suspicious they made, they made it sound yeah. like yeah, they'd sort of gone out of their way to target the National Party headquarters specifically, uh, suggesting that, you know, unless you knew to go looking for it, you wouldn't know it was there. But, um, yeah, I've seen the hoardings. It's on a major bus route. And it does have big... Well, actually, to be honest, I didn't know it was the National Party headquarters because it's also the office of one of their MPs. I'd seen the MP signs. You can't miss those at all. No. 
Um, so there'd certainly be, you, there's no way of not knowing that it's a, a National Party office. But what's particularly interesting, if you're concerned this is a politically motivated event, was that about three weeks ago, the one of the white nationalist groups in this country plastered the billboards outside that particular office with claims that the National Party is also a leftist plot to take over the country. So you might go, if it's politically motivated, you've already got a group which has targeted the office once before, which are to the right and not to the left. So surely you'd be wanting to poke your finger or point your finger, wave your finger however much you care, at the party which has already done deliberate attacks on that building, rather than intimate, as Simon Bridges and other political commentators on the right have in this country, that it's a leftist plot being orchestrated by Jacinda Ardern. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I mean it doesn't seem uh, particularly particularly solid. I think those those particular claims of conspiracy. Actually, one thing I don't think we even put it down in the notes, did we? But um, the the serious fraud office. Sticking to no, local news has no, just um, also details details are scant at the moment, but um, certain national party members or I can't remember exactly how they've been identified. But... No, no, because the party is not being sued, nor are senior MPs. But it turns it... out that at least some people associated with the national party are going to be prosecuted for fraud. Mm. particularly what appears to be money laundering to the party. Mm. Yes, so again, uh, yet another thing that um, has come up uh, and is, is, is quite low on details at the moment. So Which is probably why we probably don't have why we haven't actually because have, yeah. it'll be big, bigger news next week once they sort out the name suppression. Mm. Yes, so uh, once again, watch the space. Uh, where should we go next? Should we go to Saudi Arabia? Should we go to space? Should we go... Somewhere oh, yes, yes. Let's do something a little bit, let's say, frisky. But we frisky can do that when the cameras are yeah. off. Let's do something a little bit frivolous mm. and talk about Star Trek. Mm. Josh, have you watched the first episode of Star Trek Picard? I have. I quite liked it, actually. I did too, not a, actually. Not a massive Star Trek fan, but no, I did No, but I, did I like kind of one. felt it was doing something interesting with the franchise. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to where it's going. Did you notice the Starfleet logo in the background of some of those shots? No, but I do know what it looks like, more or less. Because if you've seen the Starfleet logo, you've seen the new Space Force logo. Mm. Yes, people have been having a lot of fun putting with side-by-side -side comparisons of the logo for Donald Trump's new Space Force and the logo for the Federation of Planets in Star Trek. They do look very similar. You've sort of got an arrowhead type, type, shape, type shape in the middle with a circle around it and sort of a sort of an orbity kind of ring around the around the arrowhead thing. They are very similar to those. People have pointed out it may be less, the, the, the route from one to the other might be more circuitous than possibly it appears. But what's important, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, there is a group of people, mostly actually associated with our preferred presidential candidate, Andy Basciago, mm -hmm. who believe that Gene Roddenberry based Star Trek and Starfleet on a secretive military space program that he was privy to. Which means that maybe it's not that the Space Force logo cribs the design elements of the Starfleet logo. It might be the Starfleet logo 
crimp design elements of the original Space Force logo that the new Space Force logo is based upon. Mm. And the thing is, it turns out there is there was actually an old Space Force logo. Donald Trump uh, didn't invent the idea of a Space Force from whole cloth. It has been sort of looked at as part of the Air Force or something in the past. And there was a Space Force logo um, which it did have the same sort of writing in a ring and something in the middle, and it, the, the, the new one looks kind of like the old Space Force logo plus the NASA logo kind of jammed together, which ends up looking like the Federation of Planets logo. So um, it's entirely possible that it wasn't arrived at by someone simply uh, putting a piece of tracing paper over the Star Trek one and coming up with the, with, with the new Space Force one. Although, given the way the Trump presidency works, that's also... Couldn't rule it out. Yeah, precisely. Yep, yep. Let's talk about AIs. AI, now. Because uh, we'll be talking we, more yes. about AI in the patron bonus episode. Our patrons episodes, will hear a bit worry. more about artificial intelligence, but uh, what we have for, for all of you, Clearview AI is a company that's been in the news a little bit. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure exactly what... Um, what, what's caused it to come up at the moment, because it has been around for a while, but it seems like people have just suddenly started paying attention to it. It's basically um, a facial recognition service that has a very, very large database of faces to draw from, from in their promotional materials. They sort of have a little bar graph with, you know, the FBI database has however many sort of tens of thousands or something of faces and um, other, I can't remember, some other law enforcement agency has more, and they have like three billion or something photographs that they can draw from. Um, it's a service that has been in use for a while. Various law enforcement agencies in the States have been using it um, and say it is, you know, it's a useful tool. They've got security footage of a person in the, in the act of committing a crime, but they don't know who they are. Put it through and there it goes. Um, but part of the question has been where exactly they've got all this uh, facial data from. And it certainly seems like they've mostly got it from scraping social media websites, your Facebooks and your Instagrams and your Twitters and so on. Um, Which would be against a number of policies hmm. of those social media organisations, which means that if this is the case and Clearview are denying it, that sounds a little bit like a word beginning with C. You can't say that on a podcast. No, you're right, I can't. Mm. Um, I, was, I was thinking fraud. But that doesn't start with a C. So I don't... Crawled? Crawled. Crawled. Mm. Crawled. Um, yes, no, I mean, so, so the social, so various social medias uh, out there, they... they cover-up is probably a better word. That'll do, yes. Um, they have all your data. They do kind of closely guard that data which they have, and they have their... Policies that say, no, you're not allowed to set bots scraping all the images. Like Twitter specifically, Although often Facebook allows it. Well, yes. Twitter apparently explicitly says um, images hosted on Twitter, uh, you're not allowed to use them for facial recognition. They, they go so far as to specifically spell that out. And yet, um, apparently, uh, everyone's photos are on there. The, the, there's a story in the New York Times, which seemed to be the main one going on about it, and the reporter in that uh, even tested things like she um, uh, would, would sort of covered half of her face and submitted a photo of that, and it was able to recognise her from ones like that. Uh, interestingly enough, here's something I didn't know, more, a bit, bit more uh, artificial intelligence, not quite, but there is a website, I'm pretty sure it's um, thispersondoesnotexist.com. Oh, And yes. uh, if you go, I, 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 
I think that's the link, if you go to thispersondoesnotexist.com, you'll be greeted with a full-page photograph of a person's face. But as the URL suggests, that person does not exist. It Looks is a like composite a, image yep, made by a machine. Made by a, a predictive artificial intelligence, one of those things. And so apparently she did actually try some people who don't exist, and that didn't come back with any search results, which is probably a point towards the uh, the, the algorithm behind the website so much as Clearview AI. Uh, but another thing from this particular article was though that um, the, the, the basically it was, it was th through sort of slightly subtle means she basically became aware that the company appeared to Clearview, the company Clearview AI appeared to be monitoring whether or not law enforcement agencies were searching specifically for that reporter's picture indicating they knew she was investigating them and they wanted to know if she had been going to the authorities and saying, hey, can you use that software that you have, you know, for, for instance, using me as a test. Uh, so again, something they kind of, that they, they sort of denied, but yeah, it's, it's looking shaky. There, there appears to be some dodginess going on in the background. Now, I was thinking one way to really screw with the system would be to then go to this face does not exist and then start giving those people names, putting them into your Facebook profiles mm. and Twitter accounts as had lunch with my friend the other day, and thus actually swamp the AI with people who don't exist. Maybe that's a attack vector. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, Maybe. I'm sure you could automate it. That it must have some sort of an API. You could just but then that would that would involve you'd have to if they are scraping from social networks, then you'd have to flood all the social networks with Fake pictures, which they might. It requires a communist them. revolution, Josh. A ah. communist revolution to take power back from the corporate AIs and give them to our AI Stalin. Well, there we go. Now you're making sense. Uh, now, speaking of Stalin, um, a person who's nothing like Stalin whatsoever, Prince Mohammed bin Salman from Saudi Arabia. Salman, Stalin, you make the connection. The two have nothing to do with each other. P.S. My bones would be very hard to hack through with a bone saw. Just putting that out there, just if anyone ever... Um... This is true, I've tried. Yep. Uh, no, so, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, or MBS, as he likes to be called, um, appears to have done the dirty on his mate Jeff Bezos. Yes, so it turns out that around about May 1st, 2018, MBS sent a video to Jeff Bezos's WhatsApp app on like his Like a good buddy might do. And then... Around about the same time, Jeff Bezos's phone started leaking a very large amount of data to a third party, which meant that about three weeks later, the National Enquirer got in contact with him saying, so we've got the nudes you've been sending to the person you're having an affair with, and we're going to release them to the public unless you acquiesce to our demands. Mm. Now, Which we talked about at the yeah. time. Now, Bezos was, of course, ever so slightly concerned about where the photos came from. Actually, rather than allowing the blackmail to proceed, he just simply released the information himself. But decided he needed to know where it came from, so got a forensic analyst to look at his devices. And they discovered that around about the point in time that MBS sent a video to Bezos, there was a vulnerability in WhatsApp related to attachments. And that's the point in time where the data started leaking from his phone. And apparently it happened for months upon months upon months mm. of what looks like 
targeted surveillance or infiltration of a device. And so the Guardian, and I also think the Financial Times in the UK who reported upon this, are claiming that the forensic analyst is pretty confident it was an infiltration led by this video sent by MBS. It was a Saudi Arabian hack upon Jeff Bezos to enact some kind of revenge about Bezos's. I keep saying his last name in different ways every single time. I'm trying no, to win a prize. His newspaper, and I can't, actually now I can't remember the Washington which, Post. Yes, the Washington Post, which was doing, which was employing Jamal Khashoggi. Yep. Uh, as a kind of retribution to that, mm. Saudi Arabia has, of course, denied any of this. Indeed, and yes, the National Enquirer has said that they got Jeff Bezos's um, embarrassing photos uh, via the brother of the woman he was having an affair with, suggesting he's got got hold of his sister's phone or something. Which is a plausible Which is way. entirely yeah. possible, yes. Yeah. So it could be coincidence. It could be... Um, that, you know, Saudi Arabia were probably, you, you would imagine, would be more likely to um, just keep secretly tapping his phone for as long as they could rather than immediately start um, sort of putting out embarrassing blackmail fodder or anything like that. So it, I, I could believe that it's coincidence that the two aren't related, and yet it is quite suspicious timing. It is very suspicious timing as well. Mm. Now, uh, that old coronavirus... It's been going around a bit. Well, yes, another breaking story which continues to get bigger mm. or smaller depending on who you're talking to. Now, the coronavirus, unfortunately named because in New Zealand at least, I don't know how international it is, corona is a brand of beer. So there have already been um, slightly distasteful ads and yes, so on. Yes, um, they really Involving has. a play on that. But um, uh, the virus um, originating in um, China at the moment got a lot of people worried. Kind of, I mean... I don't want to say groundlessly, it has infected a bunch of people, people have died, but it's kind of been like SARS and the bird flu before it, which none of which turned out to be a global pandemic, but um, got yes, a lot of people. It is to one the of those things I... where, yes, it seems like it's a big issue because the numbers look big, but then you compare it to the Chinese population. Mm. Or indeed the number of people who die every year from the plain old influenza. Yes, I mean, as people are pointing out, Americans who are getting freaked out about the coronavirus live in a country where people routinely die from diseases that can be easily vaccinated against. Mm. The West has a rather interesting view upon Asia, particularly China, while sometimes not actually looking at what goes on in our own mm. backyard. Yes, to the extent that I read today a news article about someone supposedly in Sydney, where there has been no coronavirus outbreak, um, collapsing from a heart attack and not being given assistance because people were worried they might have been affected by the coronavirus. And the reason why was the heart attack occurred just outside of Sydney's Chinatown. Uh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, but that's, that's just depressing, but it's not overtly conspiratorial. Um, what has been, I mean, there, there's been the usual stuff you get any time a, a sexy new disease starts making the rounds. Talk, sexy new disease. Talks of... It's a weird way to mm, describe the coronavirus. Yeah, popular. Uh, in, in terms of news coverage, and As it's, it's to what's in one of popularity funky. contest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's all the, the usual stuff. The claims that it's a biolog actually a biological attack by either by China or on China. Um, the the various sort of fake cures going around, including haven't people been saying that you should drink 
QAnon people been saying you should drink bleach? Yes. Something? Members of QAnon have said that drinking bleach is the way to cure yourself of the coronavirus. It's also a way to cure yourself of life itself. Mm. So I guess it probably does work. Um, Actually, another Q-related conspiracy theory. The Chinese have engineered the coronavirus fiasco, so it's not real, to distract from the fact that Trump's tariffs against China are finally working. Mm. I do not believe that to be the case. Um, Slightly more um, credible, I guess. Uh, There have been claims that China, uh, rather, is the opposite, has been downplaying the effects of it, that they've been underreporting the deaths and have been um, uh, secretly cremating bodies. Now, unfortunately, this is predicated on the fact that China's response to SARS, which was the big issue several years Mm. ago, was underreported at the time as the Chinese government and media tried to downplay the seriousness of the first round of infections. So people are going, well, they've done it in the past. Mm. Why think the leopard has changed its type? Yes, no, so I don't think there have been any sort of official accusations, but certain organisations have been saying it. Um, there's also been a screenshot going around, moving to more frivolous grounds again. In which in the video version we'll probably insert somewhere around about here. Here? Yeah, that'll do. Um, of side by side. Now, the claim is there's a biological... Now, first, okay. First, first before the first first... People have been talking about there is a mysterious there is a mysterious lab in the um, Wuhan province where the coronavirus uh, has has originated. Uh, possibly has something to do with with biotechnologies and so on. And there, there have been sort of claims that oh, you know, it's a little bit you know. Apparently, it's been identified the outbreak was came from a, a food market of people eating. Uh, infected animal meat, um, but there is this this biotech research place nearby, and people have been going, "Oh, that's a little suspicious." On top of that, people have been um, having showing photographs of the logo of a biological research lab, which looks almost exactly like the umbrella logo for Umbrella Corp from the Resident Evil computer games, and also mentioning that Corona is an anagram for raccoon, and the racco- uh, the, the Resident Evil games take place in Raccoon City. Join the dots people now if you don't know what a resident evil game is it's a series of games that start off as being about zombies and have morphed into other creatures of Mm. the night or nasties Mm. and the umbrella corporation is a biotechnology bioweapons company which created this thing called the T-virus and then the G-virus, which mutates people into zombies. Mm. Now, it's worth pointing out, though, that I, I, I have to... Uh, I can't help but notice that um, on the uh, on the picture of the Biolabs um, logo, it does say Shanghai um, in, 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 in English. Uh, it, it says Shanghai... Um, which is in quite a different part of China. China's from... huge. China is China's very big. very, very huge. I had reason to look at a map of China just the other day mm. to see where Beijing was compared to Wuhan. And it's, it's a, a long, long way. way away. Yes, I believe Shanghai is, is fairly distant as well. So I, I, I have a suspicion that this photograph that has been used for an internet meme joke uh, might not actually be showing what the... I am shocked. 
I am disturbed. I am disturbingly shocked. Mm. Makes for a nice joke, though. Now that was um, that brings to the end the the, the new news. But um, actually, you know, there's one, there's oh, one the other one? bit of news. There's the one at the bottom, which is the, the new Wolf news. Harbig news. Oh right, which is yes. a Sandy Hook update. So we've been talking about Alex Jones's legal travails with Lenny Posner, who's basically suing him for harassment and defamation. This is Posner suing Jones. One of the people that Alex Jones got his initial round of information on about the claim that Sandy Hook was a false flag and no one died at Sandy Hook is a former school lieutenant, one of those people who goes around inspecting things, Wolf Harbig, who's recently been arrested for harassing Lenny Posner along with doxing Posner's whereabouts. Posner is in hiding because of the harassment he's got from people who think that Sandy Hook never occurred and a whole bunch of other stuff of that particular ilk. Now, what's particularly interesting is that Jones has been asked numerous times in the trial about what he thinks about Halberg. And so according to the New York Times report, Mr. Jones acknowledged in his deposition that Mr. Halberg had been a significant source of information for him about Sandy Hook. Asked by a lawyer for the families if he would agree Mr. Halberg was a raving lunatic, Mr. Jones responded, He seemed very credible and put together earlier on, but I can't remember the exact number. He seemed to get agitated about four years, three years ago. So in other words, yes, he is a raving lunatic. Yes. Yes. Mm. Good for him. Yeah. Mm. So, yes, that's an update in the ongoing updates about the Sandy Hook mm. trial. Wolf Halberg, one of the people that Jones is relying upon for evidence that Sandy Hook did not occur, has just been arrested for being a harassing bastard. Mm. Now, that's the end of the new news. We, we have a couple of stories we thought we might as well bring up, but we have talked about already in the uh, patron updates earlier. We have indeed. But... Um, there's, there, there, there was the, the Epstein update um, where it turned out that uh, not only was there no security footage of the day when he died, let's not speculate how, um, there's also no security camera footage of the day that he first apparently allegedly attempted suicide, which is why he, was on, why he was on suicide watch in the first place. Yeah, there, was, there was always the um, implication that had been attacked. Um, now, his cellmate at the time, who obviously would have been the prime suspect had he actually been attacked and not attempted suicide, um, has been, been attempting to defend himself, and his lawyer uh, was given assurance that the security camera footage would be kept, because I assume like most places they don't actually keep security camera footage indefinitely, it'll get recycled at, at, a, at a regular interval. Um, but then it turned out that, oops, we actually, we saved the wrong bit of security camera footage, and so that we doesn't saved exist the, either. the floor one level up, mm. and the, the it's, it's in the same location, it's just a level up from the level you were on, and we saved that bit because we thought that was the right camera, and we're really sorry, but the rest of the footage is gone. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, so so, so that's, that's the official line is, yeah, it's just a cock up, um, there's nothing sinister, we just screwed up, uh, yep, our bad, sorry. But it's on top of everything else that's happened, um, it, it, it has raised eyebrows. It has. It just makes things look very suspicious. Whether you think there was a conspiracy to kill Epstein or not, 
things are things not are... being run properly at this particular correctional institution. Mm. Uh, and finally, a bit of, bit of QAnon to send us out on. Yeah, so we mentioned this in one of the Patreon updates a few weeks ago, but it's worth repeating here. The Cynthia Agbug story. No, Abkug story. We got that name wrong Don't last time as pronounced. well. A QAnon adept who has been arrested for a conspiracy to kidnap who we think is one of her own children. Yes, uh, the, the, um, the specific identity of the person she was trying to kidnap has been suppressed, but she has been in a custody battle apparently for a while. With the state to get custody of one of her children back. It turns out that Cynthia is a bit of a QAnon fan mm. and had been going on about how the state is basically run by elite pedophiles who are engaging in sexual abuse of minors and thus has had support by her local QAnon community, who are not very happy at the fact that she's been arrested for a conspiracy to kidnap, daubed in by her very own daughter, who mm. wasn't in custody of the state, because the daughter was concerned that her mother's plan would lead to the injury of others. Mm. Yes, so we have a woman who appears to have drafted a bunch of fellow QAnon people to carry out this kidnapping under the guise of them fighting against the various evil pedophile deep state people that the QAnon people are opposed to, gets arrested. Um, one of the reactions I saw was implying that um, this woman was herself a plant who'd been put into the QAnon movement to, to do something dodgy like this and make them look bad. Um, I assume she still has her supporters who think she's all been horribly set up. And oh, yes, there's an entire well. community on Reddit mm. which is basically convinced that they've done the dirty on her. It's the elite pedophiles who are the ones who should be in prison, which is true. Elite pedophiles should be they in should. prison. Yeah. I've got no qualms about that. Mm. But uh, the exact identity of these elite pedophiles is probably something that we and the QAnoners would disagree on. I mean, there might be some Could overlap. be crossover, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. But anyway. Um, and that's all we have for you in the way of news, I believe. Now, if you're a patron or want to become one to hear the following episode, you'll be about to hear a very interesting story about New Zealand's breakthrough medical AI, Zach. Mm. It's a story with twists. It's a story with turns. It's a story which features David Farrier. It is. It's a story I'm pretty sure we have mentioned in the past, but it appears to have come to something involving a conclusion, which is, is novel for these sorts of news things, which always and what tend a to end up near a little bit. Is. So yes, if you'd like to hear about Zach, the medical AI, um, you could go and read, read all the articles on the spin-off, I suppose. But um, if you want to hear us talk about... Zach, the medical It's a dollar AI. a month at least. Uh, you can become one of our patrons. And uh, not only will you get to hear about extra topics that, that the regular audience don't, um, you'll be certified as being essentially better than everyone else. And you get to hear the background to our perfectly normal episode last week. Mm. Perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. So, um, it's the end of uh, the episode. It's a stinkingly hot, muggy evening here in, in Auckland. Ian, very cleverly um, turned up the air conditioning before we started recording, but then we had to turn it off so there wasn't noise in the background. So over the last, what, 40 minutes or so, we've just been just been, been slightly sweating. My, my glasses moist. are starting to very, fog up. very, moist. So I think we better stop recording, turn on the aircon, then turn off the aircon, record the bonus episode. I think that's what we'll do.
It's what mother would want. Mm. So until next week, goodbye. Toodly pip. been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mrx dentit which is written researched recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts monkey fluids and conspiracism It's just a step to the left. There's been quite a lot of talk about the Joe Rogan endorsement of Bernie Sanders, given that Joe Rogan has some pretty weird and also toxic political beliefs. He does. He's a bit of a turf. Which is a shame, because he was on news radio, and I refuse to admit that anyone on news radio did anything bad. But if I refuse to admit that Joe Rogan did something bad, then I'd have to imagine that the original janitorial electrician character from the pilot, Ray Romano, was actually in that role. And I just can't stand Ray Romano. I do not understand why people think he's funny. No. Because he's not. If you have to title your show Everybody Loves Raymond, you're trying too hard.